The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome, everybody, to the show. I'm so glad you could join me today, whether you're listening live or you're grabbing the podcast. And make sure you do subscribe to the podcast, by the way. I am on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all of those places. Now, today is a little bit different on the show because this show is being pre-taped because my guest is joining me from uh, around the world. And like I like to say, if it's someone from Australia, they're calling me or connecting with me from the future, because as we're talking, it's a different day, and then she's a day ahead. (laughs) I don't know why I get a kick out of that. I just think it's funny. So I'm welcoming my guest from the future today to join me to talk about some of my favorite subjects. Now, if you've been listening to this show, you know, I love to talk about possibilities and I'm particularly fascinated with the unseen. And, you know, I love to talk about life after death, NDEs, working with the other side, psychic phenomena, and the hidden power within all of us to access these things. Because I do think that we we do have that ability. And of course, some people like my guest have that ability at a, at a much higher level that they have developed and worked on. But all of us have that little nudge that we can listen to when spirit is contacting us. And we're going to talk about that today. You know, when I was at Hay House, I had the opportunity to explore a lot of these ideas with some amazing teachers. And I've also continued that as I've moved my show here to Unity. And I just want to let you know, the Unity organization has put out some great resources to help people with understanding grief and the transition to the other side. And they do have a new booklet that's out right now. It's called Peaceful Passing, and it addresses some of these issues. And you can request a free one. Just go to unity.org and check resources. And Unity believes that death is just entering a new form of being. And I believe that as well. So like I was saying, you know, over the years, I have had the opportunity to talk to some gifted, wonderful people about this subject. And today I'm connecting with someone from Australia. Her name is Liz Winter. And we're going to be talking about her book, Keeping Love Alive on the Other Side, and any other things that pop up. I don't know. We'll see what happens in the next hour. Liz was referred to me by my friend, Alan Cohen, and I love Alan so much. And I've also seen many of her posts on social media. So I was really happy when she reached out and she sent me some of her books. And I'm so grateful to be able to connect with her. Now, Liz has been helping people through her work as a psychic medium, professional counselor, and teacher for over 30 years. And she also teaches people to connect with their own spirit within. So you can find her online at lizwintermedium.com if you'd like to check out her site. And I want to welcome her to the show. So thanks for connecting with me today, Liz. Hi, Diane. Thank you so much for having me and hello to everybody listening. It's great to be here from sunny Brisbane. From Brisbane, from Brisbane in the future, (laughs) where it's always nice, (laughs) where it's beautiful. Give me the lotto numbers. (laughs) Now I hear you have a doggy in the background. Is that your dog? Uh, It's actually the neighbor's dog and I've got my dog getting babysit at the moment. So I can't do much about the neighbor's one in the the background. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's okay. I, I love pets. So I wanted to talk about your book and, and whatever other subjects come up here, because I've been spending some time reading your latest one. It's called Keeping Love Alive on the Other Side, Five Elements to Forever Love. And has this always been a part of your life, this connection to spirit and your mediumship abilities, or did you grow into this? It was more a series of synchronistic events that led me to become a medium. But having said that, as a child, I did have several experiences, but I think a lot of people have experiences. So I didn't really think mine were outstanding. Um, But then as I got older, I think I was really searching from a young age for peace, to be honest, because I was the youngest of seven children and it was a very chaotic household (laughs) and my parents had a very volatile relationship. There were lots of arguments. So 
I would look for a quiet space outside. So I spent a lot of time in nature and just being was my favorite thing to do. And so I think from a young age, I really valued peace. And as I became a teenager, I started seeking out at a young age, where is the peace? Where, you know, why am I here? All of those questions that I think all of us ask, what's it all about? And I was drawn to um, astrology and uh, anything that was going to give me those answers. So, and then all these synchronistic events happened that led me to train at a young age, really. I was only in my early 20s when I began sitting in a medium development circle. And before that, I had lived in ashrams and I had uh, learned meditation. I learned astrology. I was actually a professional astrologer by the time I was 21. So, all these things just led me towards it and I would never have guessed that I was going to be a medium you know as a child or anything like that I wanted to be an air hostess when I was a child (laughs) and I wanted to be a nurse you know so I think we all have a plan that is beyond our knowing and that there is a plan for all of us and there is a calling and when it comes to mediumship I think we are all mediums I'm a real believer we're all born with that ability but perhaps it's not everybody's calling. Um, right. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I've always felt personally, I, mean, I had all the questions you did too, and I still do. I, I have those questions all the time. And I I always look for that that connection, that connection to, to source and and spirit. And so I I was the one asking the, the questions in, uh, you know, when I was going to, I didn't go to Catholic school, but when I went to, you know, CCD training and things like that, I always asked the nuns questions and, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I wanted to know, you know, what, what was going on. So I understand kind of that calling to wanting to have some of those answers. And I, I, I believe what you're saying is true because I've spoken to a lot of other teachers as well. And everybody says that as human beings, I think we innately do have that ability but for whatever reasons, we push it down. We're afraid of it. We don't want to embrace it or we're just not interested, you know, whatever the reason may be. But I, I do think it's there. And then people like you who are gifted and have developed it and, and built it, you know, you've strengthened it like a muscle, right? Mm, absolutely. And you teach other people to do that too. Yeah, I do. And I love it. I I love being able to share that with people. And I think, you know, we just have to believe that we have that within us because it's usually uh, a a set of beliefs we've picked up that we think we can't do that or we shouldn't go there. And and actually in in Keeping Love Alive on the other side, the five elements of forever love, the first element I talk about our beliefs and how we have osmosis some of those beliefs that actually don't really serve us so that we, we sort of can be helpful to really look at those and work out which ones are working for us and which ones aren't. Right. And we're both fans of, of Dr. Dyer. You <laughs> mentioned one of his great quotes in the book, you know, when you believe it, you will see it. Exactly. Not when I see it, I'll believe it. Yeah. I think we've picked up a lot of uh, strange ideas about talking to the other side uh, through the media or through movies or through people's ideas So, you know, we can, um, if we can get past that and just be open. And the reason I wrote Keeping Love Alive on the Other Side or what actually inspired me was this one woman who came to me for a reading. And I have been reading, as you said, for many years and I have seen a lot of people experiencing grief. But there was something about this particular client this day. She was so devastated about the loss of her child but her child had died 10 years before and it was like it was yesterday to her and her grief was so raw and I just got so um, frustrated that she was still feeling so much pain when I could clearly feel this her son with her and I was able to communicate that to her and she did get some relief temporarily But then when she walked out the gate, I saw it come back, that grief come back. 
And I just thought, oh, it's so frustrating. What can I do? And that's when I started praying to spirit to show me how could I help more? What's one thing I could do? And that prompted me to write the book, to just give people that comfort and knowing that, okay, their body has gone, but their consciousness lives on and that we can create a whole new relationship with them. It's not going to be the same, obviously. They're not, they don't have a body, but we can continue on a new type of relationship with them on the other side. And that's really was my, my inspiration to write it. And um, I think people do anyway. People will talk to their people who've passed. They'll talk to the photo. They'll light a candle. They'll, you know, acknowledge those people in spirit all the time. But there's still quite a sense that you have to keep that hidden or that people will judge you for that or there's something wrong with that. So people don't share that. And that is a conversation I would like to see happening more people sharing that yes. because when people share it they they feel um it's a permission slip for them to do that as well well i think we're so behind in in this part of the world where it seems like people in eastern countries or in, or in india like they're more uh used to death as a natural transition in life you know, they, they see it, they accept it. And it seems like we don't want to talk about it. You know, we in, in the West or in the States, you know, we're afraid to acknowledge it. I had a friend recently whose, whose mother died and she had been ill for some time, but like they never had that conversation of, you know, what do you want to, what do you want to happen? What are your wishes? That kind of thing. Like, look, this is an inevitability. Let's talk about it. And she was just left, you know, so bereft and, and grief stricken because they hadn't discussed it and they hadn't talked about it. And I, I think so much pain could be alleviated if we did have more of an open discussion and also being able to talk about that you can keep the relationship in a different form, like you said, going even after people leave their physical bodies. And if people really believe that, you know, gr the grief would be a lot less. Absolutely. It, I mean, it's not a magic wand or a you know, it's not a quick solution, but it's it's definitely a comforting feeling. And then when you learn the language of spirit, which is my element four in the book, um, when you're more aware of how they'll communicate to you from now on, then you begin to get it. You begin to hear those messages or you know or sense that presence of your loved one in spirit when they're there because you're aware of what to, the signs to look for. So Yes, and we'll, we'll get into that too. I want to talk about some of those signs because I, I see signs all the time <laughs> and sometimes I'm not sure if it is what I'm, what I'm hoping it is. But, you know, I, I did want to start out too and mention about in the first chapter in the book and you talked about your dog, Charlie, who passed away at 13 and I went through um, that, well, that's happened several times, but just over this past summer, uh, you know, during we were locked down with COVID and I lost my cat, George, and he was 14. And it was, it's just so heartbreaking. Oh. But I love that you talk about the connection with animals that I've, I mean, I've always believed that they have souls. And I know some people don't think that animals have spirits or souls or an inner life that they feel love and I, I just think it was great that you shared the story um, of your connection with Charlie and how he does come to you. And I think that would give people a lot of comfort too, to know that's possible. Absolutely. And I think it's so underestimated the grief that happens between owner and pet, because sometimes it's a stronger bond than you have with a person because they are always there for you. They're always loving you unconditionally. No one else runs up to the door like they do when you walk in, when you come home. They just love you to bits and um, you love them to bits and they're just great company. And there is has been obviously in the past that stigma that if, you know, get over it, it's just an animal, uh, that type of attitude. But I think now people are much more aware of that wonderful connection and I was devastated when he passed absolutely devastated it was just like being in a big black hole 
And um, that's why I want to share that as the, at the beginning of the book to acknowledge that I know what that big black hole feels like, you know. That was horrible. And when I was reading it, I, I was thinking, you know, back that summer or just, I mean, it was just last summer when we lost George. And what was interesting too, so I had two cats that I got at the same time. And when, when we lost our male cat, George, I could see the other animal was, was sad. She was grieving. Mm. I mean, she spent, you know, like a day or two with her, her kind of her face against the wall and it just broke my heart. And then we, we went and got another kitten for her and now they get along and it kind of put a little more of a spring in her step, you know, to oh. not be alone. But you can't tell me that the other animal wasn't upset and didn't realize the loss. Absolutely. I think she definitely knew and was affected by it. Oh, I'm sure she would have known for sure. Also, though, you wonder, I often wonder if the other animals can see spirit because, you know, sometimes you'll see them and they're just looking up at the roof or they're looking over your head and or you might get a sense that someone in spirit's around you and then the animal reacts, you know. So I think perhaps they're a little bit more tuned in than we are. <laughs> you know? I, I agree. I think they're more sensitive, definitely, and... I actually had someone that had given me a reading that said when George was still alive and she said, who is, who is the big white cat with blue eyes? And he wasn't white, but he was like cream colored. And I went, Oh my gosh, how could she know that? You know what he looked like? <laughs> and she said, George sees your mother when he's, when he's staring that she kind of comes to see, you know, how you're doing or pops in. Oh, what a I lovely thought, okay. message. Beautiful. It was. It was It was totally unexpected, too, when she gave me the message. And I was shocked that, oh, my gosh, how did she know what he looked like? You know? <laughs> but I guess, you, like, you know, right? You you get those, those pictures and those sensations when you receive a message. So I want to ask you about that, too. So when you're teaching mediumship development and you're, you're working on that, being able to receive messages, and you say in the book that the three things that people are afraid of are First, that they can't do it. And then number two, like you said, that others will judge them. And then the third is that they're imagining the spiritual connection. So you did say we can all do it. And then should you just not maybe not discuss these things if you think people are going to judge you? Or, I mean, I don't care what people think if they <laughs> think I'm, I'm nutty, but <laughs> that's okay. Well, I, but I guess you have to let that go, right? Yeah, I think you do. And I think you, you will know who it's safe to share with. And it doesn't help if you if you're going to share it with someone who's a who is a naysayer who is going to just put you down or tell you you're mad because then you start to lose your confidence. So sometimes you, you do need to share these things. So either you share them with like-minded people, or sometimes just journaling it can be enough to just you know, or to share it with those who've passed. You know, tell them in your in your quiet time. And that helps right. nurture that relationship. I mean, whenever we're being aware or thinking about those who've passed on that we love, it's nurturing the relationship. And that's what I want to encourage is nurturing the re relationship with our loved ones in spirit as you would with someone here who you care about. And just by thinking about them or writing to them, because every time we think, every time we have a thought to someone in spirit that we love, they will get that thought immediately, just like an automatic email. You know, they will just bang, they'll get it. And how they talk back to us quite often is they will drop a thought. It's like they're just dropping this thought into our mind. But the thought sounds like our thought. So... That's where it can get take a bit of practice to realize it's actually spirit talking to you, you know. Right. Where people if things might get a little muddy if they think like they're imagining the spiritual connection. But yeah, I'm I I would not want to question that. I, I would think I would want to think that it was there. Well, it comes with a feeling, and I think that's a good measuring thing is when that thought drops in or when you feel a presence around you you get it in your gut sort of you get a feeling 
or when you see a sign and you question, oh, is that really a sign or did, you know, that bird just fly over at that moment or, you know, like, which is normal to question it. We're very human of us to question it. But it's usually perhaps synchronistic at a, at a particular time it happened that was uncanny or it comes with this knowingness. And I guess it's about trusting your knowingness more and getting comfortable with that and giving yourself that permission that that's okay, you know. Right. I guess maybe you could think, you would think of it too. So say, for example, that, you know, you look outside and there's a red cardinal that is in your backyard and, and you know, maybe you spoke to your mother or loved one about should they love that certain kind of bird. I mean, maybe it was the the coincidence that that bird was there, but you were supposed to see it. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I totally agree that these things are synchronized, that they're, they, they are the language of spirit talking to us. It's just mm. us acknowledging it. And they so want us to acknowledge it because they want us to enjoy our life. They want us to feel the magical connection that we have uh, between ourselves here on the on in our earthly existence and the spirit world because really it's only a thought away it really is only a thought away it's not up there in the sky it's right here right now it's just a matter of raising our vibration enough to feel it and that's when it becomes much easier it's very hard and this is a tricky thing with grief is because when we're feeling grief our energy is not the highest obviously because we're feeling so much sadness and that's totally normal but it can be very frustrating for spirit because they're like Hoo-hoo, yay I mean, <laughs> but we can't we can't see them because we're, we're our energy is not connecting on the same frequency as theirs but in those right. moments and that's why I talk about the cherry blossom tree in chapter one in keeping love alive on the other side I was feeling so devastated by Charlie's Uh, passing the first few days and I went to the beautiful botanical gardens here to just give myself a lift and so I was walking around the garden couldn't think of anything else but Charlie just feeling that low sad dark hole feeling that grief makes you feel and I stumbled across the cherry blossom tree in the Japanese garden and it was in full bloom and it was stunning and I just stopped in my tracks and looked at this beautiful creation in front of me and my energy just went up and at that moment I just felt Charlie's presence so strongly and just all this gratitude just bubbled up from my heart and I was so grateful to have known him all that time we spent together day in day out for 13 years and I just saw the wonderful side of knowing him and I forgot all about the grief and it was just a great example of of how once we can just raise that vibration, connection can happen so naturally and so easily. But it is challenging right. when you're feeling that, you know, that that hurt and that loss and, you know, so. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. It, yeah. It's so hard. So heartbreaking. That that was the, the worst day as well for me to, and we had someone come here. I mean, thankfully I didn't have to make that horrible trip to the vet. Mm. You know, they do, they'll have people that will, will come to your house. And do you think like the woman you mentioned before that was just so grief stricken that, you know, that was the barrier, right. That was keeping her from receiving the messages was just being so wrapped up in, in that, those feelings of hurt, which you're, you're going to feel, but it, it, it's kind of a barrier between you receiving those messages. Mm, it, it is. But obviously she came to me for a reading, so there was part of her wanting that and reaching out. But it was like she was telling me, um, like I think he was this particular um, child of hers was about 18 years old when he passed. She hadn't changed the room, his room for 10 years, or you know, she just hadn't been able to accept you know and I don't think she'd ever got to that acceptance stage and but she was looking for that she was trying to find that but I just wanted to help her more you know (laughs) I I felt that frustration you know um, and moving her from that stuck place to maybe a place of a little more peace 
and acceptance because when you go through such a horrible loss of of a child or you know losing your your parents a family member i think it really does change you in Absolutely. in your dna i mean you're you're not the same and but you can still have happy days after at some point Absolutely. And I think particularly if it's a family member, it's like it is part of your DNA. And it's like, you know, you're never the same. Even when my father passed, we weren't close at all. But it had a profound effect on me when he passed. And I questioned that. Why? You know, we weren't even close. But I think you're right. I think it's something about that. And you are never the same. But you take those scars of life with you into the next stage of your life and you're wiser for it and you have grown, you have transformed. So there are all these gifts that come from grief but it's hard to see it at the time. It's easy to see a bit further down the track, I think. Right. There are gifts, that's true. I mean, you may have to to look a little bit or sometimes it takes time to see it but... Yeah, I I think I think you're right. You know, once you can move through that. But yeah, life is definitely a lot different after. You know, there's before and there's after. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back talking more with Liz Winter about her book Keeping Love Alive on the Other Side: Five Elements to Forever Love and we'll go through some of that and also some of the signs and ways that you can recognize signs from your loved ones and ways that you can communicate. We'll be right back in just a minute. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for listening today. I'm talking with Liz Winter, and she's a psychic medium and teacher based in Brisbane, Australia. And we're talking about her book, Keeping Love Alive on the Other Side. And before the break, we were talking about just how, you know, grief can be, you know, such a powerful transformation tool, you know, and sometimes for for the good. I mean, you can come out of a situation like that and and maybe be a better person for it, you know. But when people are starting to work with um, these kind of ideas and maybe they're curious of, you know, working with mediumship and things like that, um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things people might be scared about, you know, some scary things that might keep them from really embracing the ability to be able to have messages and and to work with the other side, you know, people may be worried about things like ghosts, you know, or spirit possession and that kind of thing. I mean, when people ask you about that, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, I believe it's all about light and dark where there is light, darkness can't exist. You walk into a dark room and you put the light on and the darkness is gone. And it's the same sort of concept I apply to when people are scared of lower entities or ghosts and all of those things. One, They cannot actually survive in a vibration of love or a vibration of light or when an energy is raised. I'm not saying they don't exist, and I have had my own experiences at, at times of these things, but... I have no fear of them at all because I don't give them any attention. If you if you don't give them any attention, they don't have anything to to hold on to or to grow. So, um, yeah, in a way, they're an illusion because where there is light, darkness can't exist. So, um, like for example, one. Once I did have, uh, I was asleep in my bed and I had a very unpleasant energy come to me and I immediately just prayed and the moment I prayed, it disappeared. So that's what I recommend to people if anything like that they encounter to just ask, just pray or just, you know, um, don't buy into the fear because that's what 
will lower the vibration. And sometimes we're vulnerable to those things if we are depressed or our energy is low or we're unwell and our energy is a little low so we can be more susceptible. But if you can't raise your vibration yourself, the power of prayer, of just asking for help, uh, whoever you like to pray to, great spirit, God, the universe, angels, Archangel Michael, whoever, they will immediately take care of that. Um, yeah, and just to focus on So you can on ask the love, for help. You can ask for help and you can focus on the love, not on the fear. But you encountered, um, and you call it a lower energy. So, I mean, I believe we're all made of energy. We're all just kind of compressed, vibrating, you know, molecules. And there are are some that are lower. And that would be, would you say, would that be evil or, or just, I don't know. No. I guess I'm trying to say, is there such a thing as, obviously there's bad people that do evil things. Mm. But the even they were born with a beautiful light soul and then they got became uh, to a place in their life where they made bad choices and behaved badly. But still really their source was light was that beautiful soul that they were born with. So it's more surface stuff to me. I see that stuff as surface stuff and that the power within us is so amazing that that is just like nothing. You know, <laughs> it really, it's it's only the fear and the meaning we put on it. And that comes from, you know, I mentioned in my book that the, when I was 13 years old, I saw that movie, The Exorcist. <laughs> oh, yeah, that terrified everybody. <laughs> and you sort of, you know, loved it, but you were terrified. And I think, you know, these are seeds that have been planted that, or you know all the horror movies that are that are around, or you know the ghost stories or the TV shows, and and people going over and over and focusing on all that stuff, and it really is just what you know buying into fear and and forgetting about the love and forgetting about how the power of light totally overrides that stuff. It hasn't got a chance, right? You know. That's true. It's funny you mentioned that when I, when I was reading that in the book, I was thinking back because I remember seeing it about this, the same age and it scared the heck out of me. But then when I, years later, I'm like, oh God, I can never watch it. So then like around Halloween, they always play it again. And it seems like silly now. <laughs> like I look at them and I know, oh, that's green pea soup. Oh, look at that horrible makeup. Oh, how'd they get her head to spin? And it seems kind of a joke now Yeah, I agree. Um, as an adult. You know, when I'm looking at it, I think it's kind of funny. So, I mean, people shouldn't really let those kind of fears and, and outdated mm. beliefs keep them from connecting with uh, someone that they really love on the other side. Absolutely. So, oh, go ahead. Did I stop you? Yeah, no, I was just agreeing. <laughs> okay. Just agreeing with you. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you um, in the book, because I had not read your previous book, but you mentioned that you had talked about your spirit guide, White Owl, and there's information that is shared from your spirit guide in this book. So I was curious about white owl and your relationship. So is white owl an owl or is that just a name that He's this particular a, spirit guide uses? He, well, he comes to me in the form as a native American Indian. And he came to me very early on in my medium development days um, I was working as a cleaner in a hospital and I had a really early shift. So I used to start like at 5 a.m. or something. And I had just begun going to my regular development circle at the time, very early days of it. And this one morning, I must have stayed up late the night before or something, and I was very sleepy driving to my job, you know, very early in the morning. I was just trying to keep my eyes open. And all of a sudden I just felt a presence just take over my whole body and start driving the car. <laughs> and I was like watching this. I was observing this happen and I felt this beautiful energy and I heard him, heard this voice say, I'll, I'll take over the driving. <laughs> and it was almost like I could have taken my hands off the wheel or my foot off the pedals. It was doing it itself. It was just one of those really uncanny experiences. The moment I rolled into the car park, he left. And 
I was like, what What was that? <laughs> anyway, then the next week I went to my development circle and the same energy came back and introduced himself as White Owl. So, and then my teacher could also acknowledge him and see him and a psychic artist did a beautiful picture who didn't even know about White Owl and it was a beautiful Native American Indian, a middle-aged sort of looking guy. So he he comes and he goes. He's not always, I'm not always aware of him is what I'm trying to say. I'm sure he's always there, but I'm not always aware of him. But I know when he turns up that he means business or, we're, we're, you know, something exciting is going to happen. <laughs> so. Do you think that might be a past life connection? Uh, absolutely. I, I, well, who knows 100% for sure. I think there's a lot of answers we'll get when we get to the spirit world ourselves. But I like to think so because I've always had, even though I live in Australia, I've had a, a fascination with Native American Indian culture or, uh, for a long time. So that's interesting. I mean, so I, do you think everybody has a, a spirit guide? Oh, yes. Yes. Everybody has more than one, I believe. And what are their roles? I mean, their, their roles differ than our loved ones on the other side. Like a spirit guide is a specific. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like our our, our loved ones generally are not our spirit guides. Would that be correct? Well, I guess it's what connotation you put on spirit guide because our loved ones in spirit often do guide us and do help us. But I think what, what uh, like someone like White Owl is more specialised, they're more like when you go to the doctor, you don't just go to the GP, you get the specialist, you know, <laughs> and that they work on different things like he's very much a wisdom type of guide that impresses wisdom upon me and guidance but then I also have healing guides we all have healing guides for when we're not well or when we want to give healing to other people so I think you'll get different guides for different things but we all have one or two from birth to death and then you get different ones coming and going at different stages of life you know you might be learning to play a piano so perhaps someone will turn up to help you learn to play the piano, you know. So I think there's that all of us have a team of spirit that's huge, to be honest. I think there we all have a huge team of support around us for, at different times for different things. Well, I, I wish I had a cool one named White Owl. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I have to somehow connect with um, which, whichever spirit guide I have. I mean, do you feel that we all have angels too? What do you think about oh, angels, I love angels and working with them? Yeah, I do work with angels. Um, we work with angels in my classes a lot. Archangels and guardian angels, they're great for energy work. They are wonderful for clearing our you know, our chakra centers and our auric field and they're good for getting our energy up and uh, they're great healers. They've, they have a different energy to spirit guides. Spirit guides are very earthy because they have walked on the earth before and they've, they're more in tune with the earthly existence, whereas I feel there's something more ethereal about angels. Um, but they're beautiful. I, I think they're wonderful. They sound beautiful. I want to see one. I don't know if that'll happen. I, <laughs> I'm leaving that open so I can see one. So I'm putting that intention oh, out. Oh, that's a great intention. And so, and I wanted to ask you about intention too, because you do talk about that in the book. And that, so I'm setting my intention. I want, I want to see this angel. I do feel sometimes that there's like that arm around around the shoulder, kind of. You know, I'm here. Maybe it's a wing, but just you know, reassurance. And, and you say in the book that to really uh, get clear messages that it's important to set a clear and, and conscious, set that intention. Like our intention is very important. Well, I think your intention will accelerate the experience because as most people in the spiritual uh, realms know, that whatever we focus on, we attract, you know. So if you are putting out that intention, I am open to feeling my loved ones around me. I, I do, would like you to let me know you're there. Um, it, it's just going, again, you're nurturing that relationship. It's part of nurturing the relationship with those on the other side to let them know what you need, letting them 
know, you know, what you would like to see happen. So I think that's great that you've put out an intention to see an angel. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'm, I'm, I really want to see one, <laughs> but I, I do have that intention. And what I've noticed too, in um, solving problems where I know that there's been kind of a, a divine hand. And when I recognize that I'm always, I thank, I'm thankful. Like I think showing gratitude when you feel that you've had a divine intervention in some way to help you solve a problem. And I'm like, Oh, I know there's the only way that this was fixed was through, you know, a guide or some kind of divine intervention. And I think that it's important to recognize that, right. And, and say, you're grateful. Well, yes, it, it does. And it also gives you that confidence in knowing that they are responding and they are hearing your prayers and and when you're asking that you're not just talking to the air they are hearing us they they know that we need help and isn't that just the best feeling when that happens of like oh my god you know that had to be spirit i could not have thought that up i could not have made that up and yes. it, 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 i had that happen a, recently where a problem that could have been you know really uncomfortable and awful kind of resolved itself. And I thought, oh, this is divine intervention. <laughs> this is the only way that this, this worked out perfectly. And I was so grateful. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. So I always try to recognize that when those things happen, that I think it can only, can only be spirit. So to help people become a little more aware of, of the language of spirit and the signs that are left for us, I want people to be able to open up to recognizing them because it's so beautiful when, when that happens. And you talk about how that can happen in dreams. And I had a very vivid, lucid dream not long after my mother passed that just let me know that it, it, it was just a wonderful visit. And it was, it, was kind of, it was kind of silly where we were in like a bar or restaurant and we were talking about cheese and she said in her voice, she goes, oh, well, I like this cheese, hon. I said, what kind of cheese plate do you like? And when I tell people that, it, it seems silly to talk about cheese, but it, it was more not really what we were talking about, but it was her voice and the way, the way I heard it so clearly was not just a regular dream. Mm. And I know it's hard to explain to people if they haven't had that kind of contact, but I knew for sure that it was kind of her way of, of visiting. And do you think if you're if you're open to that and you want to experience that that kind of dream, you know, how how could you tell people to go about that to have I would that just happen? put the intention out that you would love to see them in your dreams. And it really is like a visitation. I call those dreams visitations, not not dreams, because they are. They really can bypass all our fears, all our beliefs that don't serve us around connecting with them. It's just so much easier for them to connect with us in that way. And I think possibly what happens a lot is we just don't remember them, that they do happen a lot more often. But then now and then, like the one you had, that voice of your mother just really sticking there, um, just to let us know that. I always remember, and I, you know, I haven't had one like that since. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was that one. And I wish I would have an, I'd like to have another, if she wants to come back for more cheese, mom, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, come tonight, it would be great. We'll have wine and cheese, but it was uh, just very vivid and, and lucid, uh, that, that connection. Yeah. I'm just talking to them and just saying, look, I really want, want to have that more personal experience with you. So, you know, give me that dream, help me to remember that dream and maybe doing that little prayer just before you go to sleep. And if it doesn't happen the first night, just don't lose heart. It, sometimes it takes a bit. Just keep keep trying. Do you keep a dream journal? I have here and there over the years. Um, I actually did a beautiful gateway dreaming course years ago with Denise Lynn, and she is oh, yeah. um, the master of dreams. She I would is. recommend. I think that course is still available, the Gateway Dreaming. It was wonderful and I learned a lot from that. Um, but, yeah, she, she's got some great tips for, for dreaming. Um, but, yeah, I think that's just another whole world, really. Dreaming is not you just go into this other whole realm. But often we are, I believe, visiting our loved ones at night. 
for sure. Yeah. Not dreaming. And what are some of the other signs that maybe you've had people relate to you or maybe that you've experienced? Um, well, I think we talked about the thoughts of downloading of thoughts and then we also have personal signs. Like there's universal signs but such as water means emotion, fire means purification, all of that sort of thing. But then we've got very personal signs that only specific to us and spirit. Like, um, you know, it might be something that your mother in spirit loved uh, roses or something and then a rose appears at the perfect time you were thinking of her. You know, it's often in tandem with synchronicity, isn't it, those signs um, yes. that make them meaningful, I think. So, and it, it's not always what you think. This is why we have to be so open and put all our ideas aside and let them show us because it might be you're thinking of them and something the day you went to the zoo with them and you turn the TV on and there's, you know, a, a mother and child at the zoo or something. I, I mean, it could come in any way. So I think that's a big key is being totally open to how they want to delight us and surprise us. And don't just discount it or say that's that's not possible, that's ridiculous and push it away, but really look at it and say, okay, maybe this is, yeah. you know, this could be a sign and welcome it. And I bet you'll get a lot more. And I'm sure that you've worked with people over the years that felt conflicted with whatever religious beliefs or tradition that they grew up with. Like there's some uh, passages in the Bible that say divination is evil and that kind of thing, which always is crazy because I thought, well, what were Joseph's dreams? You know, there's so, there's so many instances in the Bible that could discount that, but that would be a whole other, other discussion, (laughs) I guess. But when, when someone comes to you with that kind of, you know, I guess fear or hesitancy that, oh, this is not going to be or this is going to go against my religious beliefs or that kind of thing. Mm. Well, I, what do you to- think about I that? totally respect other people's religions and ideas and I just show them love. I mean, I think you can't go wrong. You just show them love. Many years ago I had yeah. a little bookshop and it was like a spiritual bookshop in 1988, many years ago, and uh, the very first day I opened that shop I had um, some Christians with picket picketing outside my shop. <laughs> Oh, no. Close this evil shop down. So I just went out and I offered them all a cup of tea and <laughs> I just showed them lots of love. And in the end, they just went. They just went away. And, they went away? You know, I think they asked, could they put a Bible in the shop? And I said, sure, you can. That's fine. <laughs> they were happy yeah, with that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I have a couple Bibles. Yeah, exactly. And a Koran and a couple other things, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, I'm interested in, in all of those. Um, those wisdom tr- traditions. And I think there's, there's beauty in, in every one of them, you know, that we can all learn from. Uh, I think that's, <laughs> I have an, I have a vision of them, like with picket signs, you know, <laughs> the angry townspeople, get out, get out. And then you just came with some tea and said, Hey, come on in and bring your Bible. It's okay. Because really I, I went to this event a few years ago in, in 2018. It's called the Parliament of the World Religions. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It was in Toronto and it was this big conference and convention with like 250 different wisdom traditions. And it was the most amazing experience because there's a big convention hall. And on one part, there were Hindus doing past life religions. And then there was a Buddhist tea ceremony. And then there was pagans and Wiccans and Episcopals and Catholics oh, and wow. Sikhs and uh, all these amazing people that I met. And and after I spent a week there, and by the time I, I left, I, I kind of felt like, you know, just pick one that speaks to you. And if that's how God is going to talk to you and you like, and you like what those teachings are, I mean, I know that's an elementary way to really think about it, but I kind of came away with like, there's this wonderful uh, world of, of teachings out there that you can learn from, but it's all the same God, right? Like it's all the same source. Yeah, I totally agree. And what a world it would be if we could all just be at peace with that, that 
you know, it, it would it solve a lot matter. of problems. It really doesn't matter. It's all about we all have the same light within. We all have that source within. It's the same thing that's keeping us all breathing and alive. And what we cho- what we're drawn to. Sometimes we're drawn to different philosophies and different things we find interesting. Perhaps that's part of our growth as a person, part of our learning. It doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's right. It just is what it is as long as it's not hurting anybody. I can't really see why the conflict really. <laughs> right. I agree 100%. It's been so great to talk with you. I mean, we have just a few minutes left. I, I love to talk about this kind of stuff. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite <laughs> thing. And, you know, and, I'm, and I'll let you know if I do see that angel. And do you tell people, like, what do you tell people if they're upset that they haven't, like, I'm, I'm a little upset I haven't seen the angel, but <laughs> or if they haven't received any communication from a loved one, just to, just to kind of open up and let it happen that it, it's there and accessible to them. I think the biggest key is asking, really. I think there's a certain place we can go within ourselves that is so sincere and so deep and that when we ask from that place, that's when we get a result. When we're, you know, come on, make it happen, I want it now, and get impatient then we're more coming from that headspace. But when we're coming from that really, you know, I really, really want this, I don't think the law of the universe can refuse that request. So, right. you know, sometimes it takes a lot for us to get to that point. Unfortunately, sometimes it, it takes our back against the wall to get to that point of sincerity. But it doesn't need to be, I think. I don't think we have to get that low. I think we can actually just go quiet and really find that really you know soul space and ask and then I guarantee if you ask from that place spirit will not refuse you but you must be open to how they choose to communicate to you it might not be what you had in mind (laughs) it may not be what you think yeah but it but it can happen yeah and so do you plan on doing any more books? I mean, I'm I'm really enjoying this one and I hope people pick, pick this up because you're going to learn a lot. You know, there's a lot of great tips in here and some exercises that you can work on to really strengthen your connection with spirit if you choose. So I hope people grab that and they can get this on Amazon or their local bookseller, Keeping Love Alive on the Other Side. And are you, what are you working on now? Well, I'm actually working on creating a podcast next and do, getting some other things up and running with my business. Um, usually with the books, the three books I've written have come through Spirit's Guidance quite strong. Um, and I, I haven't had that tap on the shoulder quite yet, but hopefully I will soon. Do you like to get emails and things from people and can they reach you through your website if Absolutely. people have questions? Yes, I can go to my website, lizwintermedium.com, and I actually have there a free sample of Keeping Love Alive on the Other Side. If you join the newsletter, there's that option there. Um, but they can contact me through there, yeah. And Liz, thank you so much for connecting with me on the other side of the world today and uh, talking to me here on Unity Online Radio. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.